Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of Dog Pound South podcast, part of the Fanatical Elves Network. I'm your host, Steve Gill. And this week, as we wait for training camp, less than two weeks until all the players show up in Berea, then head over to, to West Virginia, I thought I might. I don't know. Last week I talked about what it's like to be a, a Browns fan that doesn't live in Ohio and Cleveland. I thought this week I would share my experience through uh, discovering the internet and getting on the internet. I know, I know, I know. If you're watching this, you are probably already social media savvy. Uh, but that used to not be the case. And especially with the headlines last week of, uh, two billionaires having a pissing contest uh, about social media, I thought I might jump in and tell you how I got started, which is extremely important to fans who don't live in Ohio and don't live in Cleveland. I first got on the internet, oh, I would say 1993. Um, I'd used computers before. Like I said, I'm, I'm a self-employed accountant and uh, I had to start using a tax program uh, after the 1986 uh, massive uh, tax law change. Um, it just made it a lot easier to do tax returns. Um, but I decided, you know, we I moved into this house, my wife and I did, in 93, discovered I had two phone lines. And I was talking to my brother, Tim, who is very, very, very technologically savvy and I said, what do I do to get on the internet? And he said, well, first of all, you got to have a phone, a, a separate phone line. And I said, well, I got one of those. Uh, I discovered it after getting the first phone bill of moving in here. I could have canceled it, but I thought, nah, I'll keep it. This room when we first moved in was like a TV room. And then I discovered it had the separate phone line. So I turned it into my office. So um, I already had a computer, an old uh, 486 for you people who are my age. You know what I'm talking about. And I went to Radio Shack, which no longer exists, and got a, a phone cord hook up to the back. And then back then, there weren't that many Internet providers, uh, systems for you to do. One of the cheapest was AOL. You could walk into a grocery store, a pharmacy, a convenience store, and they'd have the disc for free. Uh, you could just pluck one, take it home with you, and just follow the instructions. So I, I set it up, uh, set up a, a dial-up phone line, which everything was dial-up back then. It made a god-awful noise. I'm sure people my age remember that. And um, just followed the instructions, and boom, I'm on the internet. So, of course, the reason I did this was to get more information about the Browns. Uh, there were a few newspapers, Cleveland newspapers, available back then. Of course, Plain Dealer, you could get that. Uh, Akron Beacon Journal was another one. Um, 
Uh, the Illyria Chronicle was one of them. So I could read articles from Cleveland beat writers and keep up with the Browns. I, Like I said last week, I, I subscribed to Browns News Illustrated. I had that. And then I also had the had the uh, the internet. Then I started finding through the AOL search engine, I started finding Brown's websites. And one I found back then, it was called, uh, and it started roughly about the time that it leaked that Art Modell was going to steal the Browns and take them to Baltimore. And it was called Greedwatch. And then it changed its name into Brown's The Next Generation. And over the decades, it's changed its name. Right now, it's the Orange and Brown Report. I have been a faithful subscriber to that website because it's great content. Um, and the writers are good. Uh, the people who find information are very good. They have their sources. So, and they have great message boards, both uh, public ones. And then if you pay for a subscription, they've got a few private ones, which I pay for subscriptions. So I could keep up with my Browns news and also get little inside tidbits also on AOL. And this was kind of crazy. They had chat rooms and there was a chat room of uh, then Indians, now guardians fans who it's on Sundays, somebody would be, have the game in Cleveland on the television, <coughs> excuse me. And they do, they would do play by play, you know, and here comes the pitch, strike one. And they do all that kind of stuff. But and it would be in like in a chat box. And on the screen was a little baseball diamond with little dots for the players. And you got to sit in there with like, oh, I think the largest group we had once was like 20, 25 people. And somebody would be doing play-by-play -play, and they'd be running commentator, commentating, you know, from everybody typing furiously. And got to know a couple of these guys uh, after uh, – a couple of them, a lot of them were college students. A lot of them went on to write and uh, work at newspapers in big cities. Some worked for uh, sports teams. Some worked for baseball teams. And so they would kind of give me little tidbits, like four or five years later, they would give me little tidbits of information. Hey, look out for this. I'm hearing this. and Just don't tell anybody where you heard it. That kind of stuff, which I parlayed to be a baseball analyst on a local radio station here in Nashville. It was the first um, Nashville radio station to have 24-hour sports. They had local shows, and then they had the national shows, but it was all sports 24-hour. A lot of the previous, a lot of the, uh, the radio stations would do political talk, and then in the afternoon, they'd do sports. And overnight, they'd pick some weird stuff to air. And uh, so... But this one was the 24-hour sports talk radio. And uh, one of the hosts, um, Ron Bargatze, if my uh, last name sounds familiar, his, uh, there is a comedian, and they are related, Bargatze. And um, he put a call out for, for callers. Now, I've been calling in as uh, I live in, near an area called Woodbine. So I was calling in as Steve from Woodbine. That was my thing. I, I never called a radio station before in my entire life. Uh, but I started calling this one because I liked the fact that they were 24 hours. And I parlayed that. He put out a call for 
callers to come in and try to be, you know, on air personalities once a week for two hours, seven to 9 a.m. And it was myself, another, and two other guys. Uh, one gentleman was very good at fantasy baseball. Uh, so they thought, well, we can have him on. Another one was just a gregarious, loudmouth Yankee fan who, Gator fan who would love to get under the skin of all the UT people that listen to the radio station. Gen he'd say something, boom, generate more phone calls. And that's that's back then. That's what it was. It was you generated uh, phone calls. So I used my Internet savvy and my, the people I had met uh, through AOL to drop, you know, hints, uh, watch for this player to be traded. This player might be traded. And sure enough, that stuff would happen. And everybody was like, oh, wow, you're on. It's amazing. So, <laughs> so that's how I got started on the Internet. And it's very important. Uh, back then, I, you know, I had already found out about the Brownsbackers and the Middle Tennessee Brownsbackers specifically. And that was another way to keep keep up with uh, Brown's news because you'd always have people in town in Nashville who would want if they came during football season, that's the first thing they'd look for. I'd get a phone call. Hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm in from um, uh, Wycliffe or I'm in from uh, uh, from outside of Cleveland. Uh, we're in town for a week. Where's your bar? And, you know, give them directions. I, I once, uh, there was a, a, a truck driver, uh, who was worried about not having enough room for a semi at the, at this one bar we were at. And I told him, I said, there's plenty of room on Sunday for your semi. Don't worry about it. So the internet was an integral part of being an out of town fan. It was a way to keep in touch. I, it's got to a point where over the years, I still follow these beat writers. Uh, I still follow Tony Grossi. A lot of people don't like Tony. Um, I, I like him because he's he'll tell it like it is. Like I said uh, last week, uh, don't be one of those people that, uh, you know, uh, piss down my neck and tell me it's raining. I, I just want the truth. I don't want a bunch of rah-rah crap. So I follow him and I follow – over the years, I, I've gathered more and more different beat writers that I, I'll read some of their stuff and, you know – if they're not full of crap, I'll follow on Twitter. But uh, let's take a break right here. And when we come back, I'll talk a little bit more about how, how nice it was for the Internet to be invented specifically for Browns fans. Okay, we're back. Um, Browns Internet. Browns Internet is, you've probably heard us talk about it on the Fanatical Elves Network. It, it can be a very strange place. It can be very unpredictable. It can be very, excuse my language, bitchy. Um, but that shows you the passion of the fans. And you can tell, I mean, you, you can sit there on Brown's Twitter and there'll be somebody from Ireland and somebody from England and, you know, somebody, well, everybody knows Paul Brown, uh, in, in London. Um, so you, you get these perspectives from people that are, are not in the United States and not in Cleveland or Ohio. Um, one of my favorite things to do back then, uh, Hal Lebowitz was a, a columnist. And he uh, wrote a Sunday column. He refused to put it on the Internet. 
Now, through the uh, old orange and brown report back then, it, uh, I think at that point it was uh, it was still uh, next generation. Uh, in the message boards, somebody would paste and copy, copy and paste his article. Uh, they would they and and post it in there because Hal Leibowitz never liked to uh, never liked the internet. And I get on Sundays. I, I oh, Sundays was my favorite day to get on the computer. I mean, I could all the Sunday papers, I could read all the things, and I could read Hal Leibowitz's column. And Hal, he's a little crusty back then, uh, but he he kind of let people know that what Art Modell was up to. He had asked Modell if, uh, and they were good friends. He had asked Modell if he was going to move. He had heard rumors. Rumors were flying uh, around Cleveland prior to the move, uh, prior to the even training camp opening up. And um, he had heard the, the rumors, and he asked Art, Art Modell, Modell so, no, 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 I'm not going anywhere. The team's not going anywhere. We're in Cleveland. Well, then to come to find out it, it uh, you know, everybody, <coughs> excuse me, everybody who's my age <coughs> remembers the uh, ESPN live coverage of the parking lot news conference in Baltimore. But uh, <coughs> Hal went on a tear. Hal uh, was determined because he knew Art Modell lied to him. And he didn't like it. And he went on a tear. And his Sunday columns were, if you didn't like Art Modell, you would love reading how. So getting back to our, our modern-day uh, Browns Twitter, before that, that's how when the when the uh, it was officially announced, that's how Browns fans communicated with each other. Uh, that's how we set up uh, the facts Yes, they had fax machines. Uh, somebody got the number of the fax machine at the NFL headquarters in New York, and they printed up. Somebody printed up and posted uh, just a quick, you know, keep the Browns in Cleveland, or, or I can't remember exactly. And they posted the phone number, and they said, let's go. Let's clog up the NFL office's fax number. And we did. Uh, I was I made 20 copies of this thing and I would just turn the fax machine on and let it go. And once uh, once it shut down their fax machine, other numbers were were put out for all different NFL teams. So everybody would say, well, I'll take this team. I'll take this team out. I took two teams. I can't remember which two I would take. But that's what I did one day. 20 copies to each of the two teams. Keep the Browns in Cleveland. We shut down team headquarters. We shut down the NFL headquarters because back then, faxes, that's how you, you sent information. Uh, there were no um, scanners back then. So that's kind of like the, the pioneer days of Brown's Twitter, what it is today. What it is today is, you know, there's this time of year, it's either... Brown's got to sign everybody. Brown's are bad. They can't sign anybody. Or, you know, the predictions on the season. I don't do predictions on season. I think it's bad karma. I'd like to see him play a few preseason games, even though I know 
it's very vanilla offense, very vanilla defense, but still you can, you can spot different things going on and you can watch, uh, when training camp starts, uh, in West Virginia, I think according to the CBA, they have four days where they can't do anything. And then on the fifth day, and then they got to take a day off and then starting the, the fifth day while they're in West Virginia, that's when the pads and the helmets come on. That's when the videos on the internet are going to get great. I want to see which players are practicing at different positions. And that's why I love the internet for this. You know, you can, you, you can watch in the off season, watch players like Nick Chug uh, and, and Miles Garrett working out. You know, it's called workout porn, and there's a reason for that because everybody's amazed how strong these guys are. But I, I love the, I love the, the, the media, the local media, and their cell phones out there broadcasting, showing video. They may even be six seconds, eight seconds, ten seconds. I don't care. I love it, and I want to see what players are playing in different positions. Every everybody remembers uh, Froholt from last year. Uh, I, uh, I remember him playing in a preseason game, uh, at both guard positions that convinced me he was going to make the squad. A lot of people didn't think he would. I knew he would because they like players who make who do different positions. I remember a game last year where Michael Dunn played the entire game at center. Um, so he's their third emergency, third string emergency center. I want to see if Nick Harris is going to play some guard this year. Because he started Washington at guard, I want to see if they're going to move him around or exclusively keep him at center. Um, I like to look at the different formations that come up. I, th that's why internet, it's been so important to me as an out-of-town Browns fan. I still can remain connected to the team I saw as a kid. Uh, my dad used to take my brother and I. I remember watching Jimmy Brown play. I... <laughs> That's where my love of the Cleveland Browns is deep-seated. It came from being in Cleveland, living, being born in Cleveland, being born in Northeast Ohio. And I kept that as we moved to Nashville. Hell, I remember, I remember the first Sunday after we moved here in 1967, uh, I turned on the TV. Back then, there were only uh, four channels, ABC, NBC, CBS, and the public's, public channel. And lo and behold, there was a Browns game. I'm like, what's going on? Well, come to find out, back then, the television networks were regionalized. And part of uh, the Browns region was Tennessee, Alabama, and I think northern Mississippi, and maybe some parts of Georgia. So you turn on the TV, there's Cleveland Browns. Fantastic. I loved it. Um, but like I said, Nothing more important than the internet. All started with a little free floppy disk from, uh, I think I think I got it at a CVS or an Eckerd's. I can't remember. It was like a pharmacy store. I just plucked it off the little end cap and said, all right, I'm going to give this a try. And it's blossomed into this. A podcast. I'm a writer for ClevelandSportsTalk.com. And more importantly, I can stay in touch with what's going on in Cleveland. And every Browns fan out there, who is out of town, that's how they do it, social media. Now, I don't know if Twitter, Twitter is going to survive this latest um, upheaval. Um, frankly, if uh, there was a board of directors, uh, Elon Musk would have been fired uh, 
months ago. Um, I, why why you spend that much money to totally burn down something that that is very important to people uh, for news, for sports, uh, just for commentating and for this podcasting. So that's it for today. Next week, episode five. Get ready for training camp. I'll, I'll pass on a few things I've heard over the last uh, couple days. I want to see if a couple things come to fruition uh, between now and next week. Um, just remember, tons of shows here on the Fanatical Elf Network. Uh, Browns Blitz, Any Given Sunday, uh, the Fanatical Elf Network show, uh, What the Elf, uh, Football Philosophy and Rocket Science. And, of course, this show, Dog Pound South. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, remember, go Browns.